0: chapter twenty four of black oxen by gertrude atherton this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by lynn thompson chapter twenty four it was a cold bright day the ice on the trees of central park was a diamond iridescence nursemaids were leading children bits of muffled wealth along the alleys horses pounded on the bridle paths automobiles and taxis that must have looked to airmen above like aimless black planes drifting in a crystal sea were carrying people to a thousand destinies towering on all sides was the irregular concrete mass of new york as dusk fell lights in those high buildings began to appear first intermittently then as long necklaces of brilliance strung against the sky silence fell on the park Clavering walked until he could walk no farther, then took a bus at 110th Street for Claremont. When he reached the restaurant, he could think of only three men whose companionship would be endurable, and, failing to get any of them on the telephone, resigned himself to a solitary dinner. But still restless, he wandered over to a window and stared out across the Hudson at the dark palisades on the opposite shore. Battleships were at anchor for there had been no ice in the Hudson this winter, and a steamboat with its double chain of lights swam gracefully up the river. The cold winter stars winked down indifferently upon seething human hearts. He still refused to admit that the source of his uneasiness was that revelation set for Saturday night. Nothing but death itself could halt his marriage with this woman, for she herself had unequivocally stated that, after saturday night the future would be in his hands his her secret not that she had had lovers for he had accepted that fact already and for him the past had ceased to exist her husband was dead nothing else mattered nevertheless the vague prescient chill he had experienced the night he first met her eyes and once or twice since accompanied as it was by a curious sense that just below his consciousness lay the key to the mystery, rattling now and again, but sinking deeper every time he made a dart at it, had defied further evasion since the receipt of her cryptic letter. He was the more uneasy, as she seemed far more certain of Mrs. Oglethorpe than of himself. Once more he heard the key rattle, but higher, almost in his consciousness. For the first time it seemed to sound a double note of warning. He had a sudden vision of a locked door, and not a door locked on a mere secret. He swung about impatiently. The explanation of his mood was this hideous interval to be got through. Heaven alone knew how. No wonder he had felt a sensation of terror. When a man is in the unsatisfied stages of love, he must expect occasional attacks of green sickness, sullen passions intensified by unreasoning fear. And he was luckier than most. He had been the confidant of men in love, with hope deferred or blasted, and although he had been sympathetic enough, and convinced that men in a far deeper capacity for suffering than women Still had his pity been tempered by a certain contempt. Those had been the times when he had flouted the idea that he was basically romantic, and that he had never made a jackass of himself over any woman, had induced a feeling of superiority that had expanded his ego. Now he was convinced that his capacity for love put theirs to shame, and he was filled with pride at the thought. Still... He wished it were Saturday night. He was crossing the room to his solitary table when he saw Jim Oglethorpe enter. His first impulse was to avoid him. The restaurant was well filled, and he could easily take a table in a corner with his back to the room. But dining alone was a melancholy business at best, and to-night if oglethorpe brought up madame zattiany's name he could change the subject or state bluntly that he had his reasons for not wishing to discuss her as he stood hesitating oglethorpe caught sight of him and almost ran across the room his face which had looked heavy and worried glowing with pleasure jove this is luck he exclaimed alone so am i "'Got in this morning and found Janet had a dinner on "'for those infernally noisy friends of hers. "'Got something to think over, so thought I'd come out here. "'This is really luck, as I was going to hunt you up to-morrow. "'Let's sit here. I want to talk.' "'He had led the way to a table in a remote corner, secluded so far. "'He beckoned the head waiter, who agreed that it should remain secluded. "'Then he asked Clavering to order the dinner, and folding his arms stared out of the window his face sagging once more he was still a young man no more than forty-five but in spite of his love of outdoor sport he showed a more consistent love of eating and drinking in flabby muscles and pouches under the eyes it was an amiable rather weak but stubborn face that had been handsome in youth when his eyes were bright and clear skin covered firm muscles and it would be handsome again when years had compelled him to diet and his already faded hair had turned white his features were regular and his figure well knit under its premature accumulations he produced a flask from his pocket when the waiter had discreetly turned his back and their ice-water might have passed for cold tea think i'll come to the point he said you know me well enough not to mind anything i say "'Clavering glanced up from his oysters in alarm. "'There's just one question I won't discuss,' he said sharply. "'Oglethorpe stared. "'You don't mean to say you're interested in her. "'So much the better. "'And it strikes me you can't have any objection to discussing her with me. "'I'm her father, ain't I?' "'Her father? "'Are you talking of Janet? "'Who else? "'I'm worried as the devil.' "'Have been ever since I got in this morning. "'I telegraphed I was coming, and when I got to the house, "'Molly told me that Mother wanted to see me at once, "'and I posted down there. "'It was about Janet, and you know more about it than I do.' "'I suppose I know what you mean. "'But it turned out all right. "'She happened to meet me, not some man who might have annoyed her. "'Of course she shouldn't have taken such a risk. "'But what can you do with these flappers?' they're all in league together and you might as well let them go their little pace it won't last they'll soon be older and i don't suppose you intend to play the heavy father and lock her up no but i'd like damn well to get her married mother told me a pretty tale it seems she'd made a row at sherry's last night making you and some lady you have with you as conspicuous as herself mrs vane was there and carried it straight to mother mother's no fool and had already got on to this younger generation business and given janny one or two tongue lashings but she never dreamed it had gone as far as it looks roaming the streets alone at one in the morning she undoubtedly been drinking last night god i've a notion to take a switch to her and i suppose she was pretty well lit the night you picked her up i've never seen a hint of it janny's spoiled enough her mother never had the slightest control over her and she could always get round me but she won't in the future i'll get top hand somehow god my daughter tell me your side of it will you it is possible that she had had a cocktail or two he concluded but you must expect that if the flapper should adopt a coat of arms no doubt it would be a cocktail rampant with three cigarettes argent on a field de rouge however it wouldn't be a bad idea if you took her in hand that is, if you can. I'll do it all right. Do you mean to tell me she was at Farron's without a chaperone? There may have been a chaperone to each couple, for all I know. You know damn well there wasn't. No chaperone would have left her alone. But surely, Jim, you know that chaperones are practically obsolete. They don't gee with cocktails and petting parties. The new freedom, the reign of youth damn nonsense no i didn't know it i supposed she was properly chaperoned as girls of her class always have been you know how much i care for society and i haven't got to this chicken stage either took it for granted that certain cast-iron conventions were still observed in our set at least of course i've seen her drink cocktails at home and thought it rather cute and i've rubbed the paint off her cheeks and lips once or twice girls are making up nowadays as if they were strumpets but some little fool started it and you know the old saying what one monkey does the other monkey must do it never worried me of course i've heard more or less about these young idiots they're always being discussed and written up but somehow you never think these things can happen in your own family i went straight home and blew up molly I haven't had a sight of janet yet and of course she bawled always does when I told her that Janet had been at Farron's alone, she protested that Janet had told her she was going to bed early that night. Even last night, when she had a theatre party, she understood that some young married woman was along. But Molly's a fool. What on earth am I to do with Janet? There were no such girls in my young days. Some of them were bad uns, but as discreet as you make em. Didn't disgrace their families. Some of them used to drink right enough but they were as smooth as silk in public and went to a sanitarium to sober up when it got the best of them. But these girls appear to be about as discreet as street-walkers. You don't think they kick over the traces, do you? I'm dead sure that Janet hasn't. She put on the cap and bells partly because it's the fashion, partly because she thinks girls are alive and having their fun for the first time. But she's no fool. She nearly floored me once or twice. She'll take care of herself. "'Girls don't take care of themselves when they're drunk. "'But I've an idea there's something else the matter with her. "'At least Mother has.' "'Something else?' "'In love.' "'Well, there's your chance to marry her off. "'The sooner the better. "'But why should it drive her to drink? "'If she's fixed her affections on any of those chaps that dance at her bet—' "'She hasn't.' "'She's in love with you.' "'What?' "'Clavering dropped his fork.' when the waiter had rushed to present him with another and retired he still stared at oglethorpe as if he had been stunned by a blow between the eyes whatever what on earth put such an idea into mrs oglethorpe's head the child can't endure me she's pretty well proved it last night and i've always known she disliked me since she grew up that is to be perfectly frank aside from the fact that i don't care for young girls she always irritates me like the deuce and i've never made any secret of it night before last i couldn't well have made myself more disagreeable if i'd rehearsed for the part oglethorpe grinned lot you know about girls just the way to make em crazy about you like all idealists you don't know a thing about women being a rank materialist myself i know em like a book the emancipated flapper is just plain female under her paint and outside her cocktails more so for she's more stimulated where girls used to be merely romantic she's romantic callow romance of youth perhaps but still romantic plus sex instinct rampant at least that's the way i size em up and it's logic there's no virginity of mind left as they must be and half stewed all the time and they're wild to get rid of the other but they're too young yet to be promiscuous at least those of Janet's sort and they want to fall in love and get him quick see the point no doubt you're right but I'm not the object of Janet's young affections she's either led your mother to believe it for purposes of her own or mrs. Oglethorpe has merely jumped at that conclusion well heaven only knows why you know why because she'd like it so would I good Lord Jim I'm nearly old enough to be her father barely ten years younger than yourself you'll never be as old as I am this minute and i would give my eyes to see you married to her moreover I'm convinced mother's right Jannie let out something broke down I fancy although mother wouldn't give her away any further and you used to be fond of her when she was a child she sat on your lap a hundred times my dear jim said clavering dryly you've just pronounced yourself a man of consummate experience need i remind you that when a man has held a girl in his lap as a child she is generally the last girl he wants on his lap later on man loves the shock of novelty the spice of surprise it's hard to get that out of a girl you have spanked as I did Janet on two different occasions. She was a fascinating youngster, but a little devil if there ever was one. She's full of fascination yet, I can see that, if I am her father. A year or two from now, when she comes to her senses— Oh, cut it out, Jim, I won't listen, even if it were true, and I'd stake my life it isn't. I—well— do you mean there's some other woman i don't care to talk about it but let it go at that sorry i'd have liked it you could have made a fine woman out of Janny. she has it in her clavering did not express his doubts on this point aloud he was in truth horribly embarrassed and hardly knew what to say not for a moment did he believe that the minx was in love with him nor would he have taken the trouble to find out, even to please Jim Oglethorpe, and his mother, had Mary Zattiany never crossed his horizon. But he felt sorry for his friend, and would have liked to banish his brooding distress. "'Look here!' he exclaimed. "'You'll have to buck up and take her in hand. After all, you're her father, and she respects you. No girl respects her mother these days, apparently, but the father has the advantage of being male.' Give her a talking to. Tell her how cut up you are. She's too young to be as hard as she likes to think. Don't preach. That would make matters worse. Appeal to her. Tell her she's making you miserable. If that doesn't work, well, your idea of taking a switch to her isn't bad. A sound spanking is what they all need, and it certainly would take the starch out of them. Make them feel so damned young they'd forget just how blasé they're trying to be. "'She might run away,' mumbled Oglethorpe. "'I believe I'll try it, though, if worse comes to worst. "'I'll have no filthy scandals in my family.' "'Why not collect all the fathers and plan a regular campaign? "'Without their allowances they'd soon be helpless. "'It will be a battle royal and might make history. "'Might also get hold of the fathers of these young chaps. "'Few have independent incomes.' Oglethorpe laughed for the first time. Not a bad idea for a bachelor, Lee. Maybe I'll try it. Let's get out of this. How about the follies? End of chapter 24